Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, gorgeous goddesses, and welcome back to the Cool Mom 101 podcast. I'm your host, Emily Kylo, and I'm back with another fire interview. This one is with Shannon, founder of The Modern Hustle. And before we get to that, I wanted to remind everyone that you do not want to miss out on getting your hands on the Cool Confidence Bundle. I've got all the tools you need to start building that confidence because remember ladies, confidence is built and it's always something that you can learn how to grow. So get your little booty into it. It's a very small investment, but really amazing value. I wanted to make it super affordable and easy for anyone who wants to work on their confidence to get in there. There's tapping, there's kind of a traditional meditation. There's a get ready meditation and one of my personal favorites, a walking meditation. So if you're ready to really upgrade that confidence and live your purpose, make sure you go check out the bundle and get started on that today. So for this episode, as I mentioned, I'm joined by Shannon, founder of The Modern Hustle. Shannon is an intuitive biz mentor on a mission to connect you with your true essence and use the lunar cycle energy to create an aligned business. So today's lessons include how to harness the power of your moon, of the moon in your business, how teaching spinning classes kickstarted her career. It's a super interesting story, and I loved hearing how one thing kind of led to the next. It's a really great story. We talk about her experience with an extreme religious group and how that shaped her life and spirituality for her. We also talk about trauma and how sharing her experiences with her audience has been part of her healing process. So this episode's super juicy. I hope you love it and make sure to tag me on Instagram. I love seeing your posts when you've enjoyed an episode and leave me a review if you haven't already. Okay, loves, here it is. Episode 71 featuring Shannon from The Modern Hustle. So welcome to the show, Shannon. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Me too. Pumped. Let's get right on into the mom fashions. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) What's the best part of being a mom? There's so many parts. And when I was thinking about this, I I truly think one of the best parts for me is literally watching your kids go from a newborn little squishy thing to independent little humans with attitude. (laughs) Ah, yes. It happens so quickly. (laughs) It does. It does. I mean, there's so many, so many good things about it, but I think that's one of my favorites. Absolutely. Switching gears. What's the hardest lesson you've learned so far as a mom? All the inner work that I need to do. (laughs) Becoming a mom, it was like, okay, I need to fix that area of my life. And it's just like kids 
tend to highlight certain aspects of you that you need work on. And so I think that's probably been one of the hardest parts other than the typical like meltdowns or kids not listening, like that stuff's always hard. But I think the hardest one is really the reflection that I've noticed on the areas that I need to change and grow. Definitely. I always say that motherhood, parenthood in general, but it really puts that mirror up in front of you Mm -hmm. and it's going to amplify anything that's residual. So to me, that's an amazing thing and it's not always easy because it's not easy to sometimes look at yourself in the mirror and just acknowledge the areas that need work, the flaws. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not like, oh, great. I suck at that. That's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, it is good because then it's time that you can improve. So true. So true. (laughs) So with two kids and a business and a hubby, there's a lot going on. And I always love to ask my entrepreneur moms on the show, what is your daily ritual? So what are those things that help keep you grounded and ready to take on your day, your week, et cetera? So this I've noticed has changed for me over the past couple of months specifically, but I am, the things that do stay consistent are I wake up at 5am every single day and I really cherish that hour and a half ish to myself because my kids are pretty early risers and I like to get some movement in gratitude and it fluctuates between am I going to journal today? Am I going to meditate today or do some tapping today? I've just really been over the past few months specifically really been just asking myself what it is that I need today in order to feel the best and to step into that next level version of myself. And I was very, very consistent for a while with doing like the journaling, the meditating, like doing all the things. And then I felt like I was getting myself into this rut. And so I was just like, okay, I'm going to stay consistent with waking up at 5am and still do that because I'm, I, I've grown to love it, but definitely getting movement in and gratitude has stayed, stayed consistent for sure. Mm-hmm. I love that. And for me, I found similarly that what was happening for me was those things were feeling like another fucking to-do list. Yeah. And as a mom and entrepreneur, I'm like, how many more to-do lists do I need? That is not, and that's not the whole purpose of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like those practices are there to ground you. Maybe they're there to tap into your feminine energy or your intuition more. And the opposite of that is that masculine to-do list energy. <laughs> so, I love that. And I've been adopting something more similar where I just, part of my ritual sometimes is just reading with my coffee. Like we don't have to overcomplicate these things. Yeah. You know? I feel like we do overcomplicate them too much. And it's like, okay, in order for me to be spiritual and to be like that next level, I have to do X, Y, Z. I have to pull cards. I ha- and it's just like, no, 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 no. You got it all wrong. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Pick and choose, people. Pick and choose. Mm -hmm. Shannon, what are you most grateful for in your life right now? I am super grateful to be living where I'm living right now on in the sun, like on the Sunshine Coast over here. It's really allowed me to feel grounded on a consistent basis and to keep myself as a focus and to put myself as a priority. And it's just being surrounded by nature. Like I have the forest here. I have the ocean over here. I have the lakes back there. Like it's, everything is so close to me and it's really helped me tap into that feminine energy that I have. On the other side of what I'm grateful for is 
being able to work from home and to be with my kids as hard as it is and how much I fucking complain all the time about it. I'm like, I need childcare. But I'm really honestly grateful for being able to experience the the growth of my children when they're so little, but still being able to make money at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that journey for you. Mm. What is your why for your life? So this question sometimes gets a little deep, but everyone loves it. What is your why? So what really propels you in your life, gets you excited about the work you're doing, gets you excited to watch your kids grow? What is your why? So this was a, when I was, when you asked me this question, I was like, oh, fuck, what is my why? (laughs) Right? And I was like, there's so many whys. I have my kids as my why. And then I have like my, like we're going to go into my journey and my, my past, my history and all that. But I've always, always, always had this really big love for helping people and for just like I've worked with, I've worked with homeless people a lot. I've worked in third world countries a lot and I've always really loved being able to help people. But I think at the end of the day, my biggest why would, would be my kids and just being able to leave that legacy behind for them. Um, I grew up in a divorced family where everything was a struggle. My mom was a single mom. And then my dad was, he was a little bit more well off than my mom, um, like financially. And so I really just want to, like, I want my kids to live a life that's filled with experiences, filled with fun family memories. And when I think about it, like, yes, I want it, like, I love helping people, but at the end of the day, like I really want to leave that legacy behind for my, for my kids. That's beautiful. I love that. So let's get right into where I want to start today, which is to give the audience, for those who don't know you yet maybe, give everyone a little bit of a background to just situate us. So a little bit about where you grew up and how you grew up and getting into where you are now. Hmm. Okay. So I'm like, where do we start? (laughs) Well, I grew up in Canada, um, in BC, specifically in Langley. That's where I grew up. And I grew up in a divorced family and it was, I lived with my mom. I would go visit my dad on the weekends. I'm giving you like the Coles notes version of my life because obviously it's a long, it's a long story. <laughs> but I, yeah, I grew up with my mom majority of the time and she raised me in the church, like in the Christian church. And that was what I knew. That was what I knew was the, I say in air quotes, the right thing. And that was just the journey that I was put on that I was like put in front of and like, this is how you're supposed to live life. And you're supposed to go to church and you're supposed to do the youth group and you're supposed to do the missionary trips and all the things. And yeah, so that's like, when you ask me like, also, when did your spiritual journey start? It's like, it started back then, but it's so different to how it is today. So I'm like, I don't know how far you want me to go back here, but (laughs) my life growing up, like it was really, it was good. Like I had a good life. There's nothing wrong with my life, regardless of my parents being split. I had a relationship with my dad. I still have a relationship with my dad. I have a relationship with my mom. Like everything is good on that front. 
um, I think where all like the turns and stuff took were when I got so heavily involved in the church, which made me really confused. Um, it landed me in an organization called Youth with Mission, YWAM, for anybody that knows what that is. But where I was specifically, I was in it for about three years. Um, and that's how I got to travel in so many parts of the world, which was such an incredible thing. But I essentially was in a cult, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. And it... I say a cult because it was very like manipulative. It was very controlling and it was a very, it was a very fucked up situation. And I, that is really after like three years into it, little things started to pop up for me where it was just like, like we weren't allowed to walk down the street with a dude by ourselves. There always had to be like two people with us and they could be two guys, but it can never be one-on-one. And I could never hang out with just one of my guy friends, even though we we're just friends. And I, I started getting into trouble for being caught to hanging out with him. Literally, there was nothing sexual between us. It was just like, we we're both from Langley. We both had like common friends. It was just a friendship, you know, but that whole, the whole scenario just was so messed up. Like they controlled who you, when you dated, who you dated, you had to ask permission from your leader and your leader would go to their leader. Like it was a whole thing. And from that moment on, I was just like, my intuition ignited. And I was just like, okay, there's, there's something wrong here and I got to get out of here. And so I had to go to my leader and say, I feel like I need to go. And they're like, well, you still have a contract. And I was like, yeah, I have a contract, but like, you know, this is my plan. I want to go back to film school. All the things are like, well, I think you need to go and pray about it. See what God says to you and come back. And I'm like, no problem. So I, I don't even know where I went. One of my friends, she remembers going to like the volleyball court and coming back. But I, I think I just went to my house or something. There was, we lived in a house with 12 girls. Okay. One bathroom, 12 girls. And there was we slept in bunk beds and there was four of us in a room and there was three bedrooms or something. Yeah. Three bedrooms. Cause that means 12. Yeah. So anyways, I went to my room or my house and I was just like, okay, like what am I going to come up with to tell them so I can leave? And so I literally came up with this grand plan of like, I'm going to go to film school, which I did go to film school. And this is what I'm going to do with my film. And this is what church I'm going to go to. And this is who's going to support me in my church and blah, blah, blah. The whole, I gave them a whole story. And so they're like, okay, no problem. You can go. So I got out of it. Thank God. And I came back home and I was like, so turned off, so turned off by anything spiritual, like anything. I was just and to this day, I still struggle with the word when people refer to as universe, spirit, like people say God, like I still struggle with that. I'm like, I can't, like, I cannot use that word. And people are like, use whatever word resonates. And I'm like, well, it's not God. So, <laughs> but I, I respect and I understand why people do refer to it as God too, because I do believe in a higher power. I just don't refer it to as a person. So anyways, that's like a big whole roundabout story of where I came from, but it kind of brings me into where I'm at today. <laughs> totally. Thank you so much for sharing. I know recently you had posted about it on social media and that was the first that I had heard of it. I don't know if that was your first time talking yeah, about it. On, it was the first time. 
How did that feel? Because yeah, for those listening, Shannon recently started talking about her experience with this, I'm going to call it a cult-like Christian organization. Is that fair to say? How did it feel to really open up about it? That must have been a lot of feelings, I would assume, but I'd love to hear from you how that felt. Oh man, (laughs) a lot of feelings. I get emotional now just thinking about it. So (laughs) what's going on? It was hard. It was really hard. I, I remember I was talking to my coach and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And she was like, just do what you need to do, but you need to start opening up about it, you know? And it's how like people are going to connect and all the things, you know? And I, the thing that made me the most comfortable talking about it was blocking people on my stories. So I literally had to go and I blocked pretty, I blocked all of my family members. I blocked my husband. I blocked some of my friends. It was just like, that was the way that I was able to start opening up Mm -hmm. and to, um, just really dig deeper. And it's just wild too, because, um, the, we just passed eclipse season, Mercury retrograde, like literally just ended. And throughout this period, it's like, it was all about like your shadows coming up and all the deep, deep rooted things coming up. And I like, and I wasn't even thinking about it, but all this stuff just started coming up. And I was just like, what is happening? Like, why is this happening right now? And then I was just like, oh, right. Because retrograde and because eclipse season and this is what's supposed to happen. So I'm in alignment and this is good. So it was very, very hard for me. But at the end of the day, I felt so much lighter and so much more free talking about it because it felt like there was a healing process at the same time. Ironic enough as well about four weeks ago now, so right in the middle of of retrograde season, I had an invite on Facebook from a whole bunch of, like there's, when I say a whole bunch, I'm talking like 149 people that were in this organization with me that are not there anymore. And this Facebook group is called Survivors to Thrivers. And everybody was just like dropping their stories of like their experiences and the traumas and like all the shit that just happened that I had no idea that it go like, I'm talking sexual trauma. I'm talking like all of the things. And I was just like, Oh my God, like hold on for your ride here because this is intense. It's like, it's not just me, but it was like the people that were in my world, like it was all just coming to head. And so, yeah, it was really hard, but I felt like that right, that Facebook group that I was invited to, that was part of my healing process. Um, talking about it to my audience. It was part of my healing process and the amount of people that responded being like, Oh my God, I was in that too. I had no idea you were in that. Or people would be like, I, like, I have the exact same story as you, like what the hell? And so it was just, it was very, very interesting how when you open up, other people feel more free to open up too. And, and I know that, but when it's your own story, it's still really hard. So. Yes, absolutely. And I just want to really acknowledge you because it's not easy. It's not easy to open up about those types of things, but I think what you're saying is exactly right. I also don't think it's it's right for everyone to talk about their trauma or their things. Like for me, it's been really helpful, but it's not for everyone. So I don't want people, and I think you you kind of touched on that, but for you, you knew that it felt like the right thing to do yeah. and it can be really sticky and feel awful. Like it, I don't know if people have done this or not, but 
to just explain to people. It feels so like nerve wracking and so foreign because I think there's so much, I've learned a lot about trauma recently and I've been working with a coach through it. And there's a lot of shame around it. I found too, right around your trauma. And there's a lot of shame around, especially something like that. And for me, it's sexual abuse trauma. And so it is, it's a very uh, shame inducing kind of thing. And I, I can only imagine for something what you, like what you're ex- you experienced, it would have that same effect. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it, it's easier and it's the path of least resistance to just kind of let that shame hang out, let the trauma be there and just kind of coast. And I think it's so, so fucking powerful when it feels right for you to Mm -hmm. open up about it because it gives other people, like you said, that permission that it's okay to talk about it if that's what feels right. And it makes you a whole person that way. It doesn't make you any less Mm -hmm. because you have trauma and you have things in your past. And that's something I've learned a lot. And I think it sounds like you have been too. So yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> now it sounds weird to say, but it's not easy. And so I really want to acknowledge you for that because it's, it's not an easy path necessarily, mm-hmm. but it feels a lot lighter once you do start mm-hmm. kind of just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. It's Isn't so, it? true. <laughs> so, so much lighter. And it's, and like, I always refer to us humans, we're like an onion, right? Like there's so many different layers to peel off. And once you start peeling it off, it just releases this heaviness that you may not even notice was weighing on you, which I didn't notice. It was just like, that's my past and that's, I'm fine now it's moving on, but there's just like little things. And then now I'm like now working on things that happened to me in my twenties, like sexual trauma is one of them too. So it's just like, so interesting how, how it all works. (laughs) Absolutely. And I learned a lot about trauma with regards to the fact it stays in your body. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of interesting kind of things and facts around trauma, but one of them that really stuck with me is that you may think, okay, it, you know, it's not in my everyday consciousness and I don't, I'm not thinking about it a lot. And that was for me definitely the case. I wasn't, I'd, I'd worked through my trauma to a certain point where it didn't, it didn't really live in my conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, something would come up that would remind me and kind of I can use the word here, trigger me to think of it and maybe have a reaction. But for the most part, frankly, I didn't think about it. And there was something though in the back of my brain and I guess in my body that kind of felt like, Emily, (laughs) you got to deal with this fully. (laughs) Like, Or like you said, to that next level of the onion and maybe it'll come up again in five years. And this is what my coach taught me is that it could come up again in a bit of a different way even though I've released the trauma from my body, it could come up in a different way later. But at least I know that I have these tools to use and or I can work with someone again to kind of release it further if you're at that point in the onion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But but it's a really interesting kind of beast. But I'm glad we're talking about it because like I said, I, and I'm sure this is not, I'm not the only one, but I felt really ashamed of the trauma. I was like, oh, trauma, like I'm damaged goods. <laughs> and it's like, no, everyone has fucking trauma. That's another thing I learned. It doesn't have to be things like what Shannon and I are talking about. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, sexual abuse or rape, or you saw someone get murdered. I know these are very dramatic examples. It can literally be that you 
felt you got left at the grocery store by your parents one time or you lost them. Like that can be, that can be trauma. So I think if you don't work through these things, it can just show up in other ways. And so I think it's really amazing that you're working through it. And me too. Go us, go Go us. us. (laughs) So I'd love to hear Shannon, now that we've talked a little bit about your background and kind of set that stage, I would love to hear how you got into your career as it stands now. So I'd love to hear kind of how that came about for you. Yeah. So I was pregnant. So I have two kids and I was pregnant with my first kid and I was working at this company. I was a sales rep. It was like amazing. And like one of the most amazing corporate companies I've ever worked for. And I got pregnant and I was literally 12 weeks pregnant. And something within me again was like, you need to tell work that you're pregnant. And it just felt like a security blanket of some sort, even though I didn't really know why I was feeling that way. But anyways, I told them. And then a month later, I got laid off and there was just like structural changes within the company, like all, and I was like calling like labor board and I was just like, are they allowed to do this? Like I'm pregnant, like what the hell? And they're like, yeah, like if it's just structural changes and they totally can and all the things. So it was all good. It honestly worked out the best because they literally they're like whenever you want to go on mat leave you go on mat leave we'll still give you the full year's worth of mat leave as well as all of your benefits for the full year just when your mat leave is over then you won't have a job to come back to so it was honestly like the best case scenario for being laid off super grateful like they even gave me top-up salary while i was on mat leave like it was incredible so during that time it was like okay what am i going to do what am i going to do when I don't have a job to go back to, you know? And so at the time I had been teaching spin for, mm, I don't know, three or four years at that point, maybe. And I fucking loved it. It was like, I loved it so much. I still think about it this day. And I was just like, it was like the best, one of the best times of my life is teaching spin. It was so much fun. I felt so empowered on top, on that podium, speaking to my riders. Like it was so cool. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll do, I'll just teach spin. And then I'm going to try the mommy influencer blogging thing. And so that's what I did. And I, at the time the spin studio I was working at was just downtown. They were opening a studio in North Vancouver. And so I, they asked me if I wanted to manage North Vancouver, move to North Van, do all that. So that's what we did. And I was on mat leave at that time doing the mommy influencer blog thing. I was getting all of these like brand collaborations with like Charmaine toilet paper and everything wine and a bunch of makeup brands. And I was like, it was fun. And I was, I was loving it, but I was not fully satisfied. I was like, I can't do this forever. Like this isn't my thing. And I was like, okay, what can I do as like, that's in the Instagram realm because I love Instagram, but that isn't the influencer thing. And so I was like, okay, well, why don't I, why don't I just do other people's social media accounts? So I'll just do a social media management. That's what I'll do. And so I went and took like a crash course, digital marketing course and learned all the things. And then I ended up getting four clients. Yeah, I was four clients and I was like maxed out. I was just like, I cannot do anymore. Like this is a lot of fucking work. And I was just like, again, I was just starting to get irritated because clients weren't meeting my deadlines, but then when they wanted something, they wanted it now. And I was just like, 
that shit drives me nuts. I cannot. Like there is no mutual respect here, even though I know it's not an intentional thing on their side, but I was just like, nope, that cannot. So I switched gears out of that and I was like, hey, I'm just going to like become an Instagram coach because people always ask me how to do Instagram. So I'm going to become an Instagram coach. So I switched gears. Now I'm an Instagram coach. So that's what I did. And I was just like, okay, this is getting boring. Like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) And because I was hiring coaches to work with and I was learning all these things, I just naturally started like teaching my clients these things as well. And I was like, okay, I'm more than just an Instagram coach. I'm more of like a business coach now. And so I changed my title and I'm a business coach now. (laughs) Switch hats. And yeah, and then it just evolved from there. And then it just became into more of a spiritual thing, working with people. And so um, now I, if I'm going to put a title on myself, now I'm, I call myself um, an intuitive business coach. So that's like the short story of how I got to where I am at. Amazing. It sounds like you've had a lot of transitions, which yeah. I actually love because I think sometimes people think that you can't change gears. And I I say this too because I was very much I had this in my mind and I don't know if it's because of my start in corporate culture like that's where my I came from mm-hmm. working in PR and marketing in very corporate environments for like 10 years. I don't know if it's partly that, but when I first started coaching, I was like, "Oh, I need to know exactly what I'm doing. I can't change it because that looks flaky." And so I had this very interesting kind of block around that. So I'm glad you brought that up because I want anyone listening to realize, and I tell this to my clients now, which is funny. I'm like, the beauty of it is you can fucking change it. You're the boss. Like my (laughs) clients who are coaches, right? I'm like, you can just change it. You can just do something different. That's the beauty. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with it. And I think it's cool though to highlight this in your story because it's part of the evolution and growth and all those things have come together in a beautiful mosaic, in my opinion, to make you the coach you are now, right? So if you didn't have those experiences and that career background, those things you wouldn't be able to teach as well, right? Mm. So I think just in case anyone's been caught up with that, you can change gears. We're here to tell you it's good. (laughs) There's no point in doing something that you're not passionate about and you're just like not excited to show up to. So switch it. Next. (laughs) I love it. So something I know you're super knowledgeable and passionate about, which is, you know, that's the perfect alchemy that you want, I think, (laughs) is the moon. And something that I've recently, so this is partly a selfish question, I have been really getting more into and um, focusing on how my cycle is synced to the moon has been really interesting. Um, I've been loving kind of exploring that a bit. And so I'd love to hear from you as kind of an expert in this realm. Can you tell us a bit about the basics of the cycles of the moon and how anyone listening can use that in their business? Yeah. So I will say I don't know really anything when it comes to your own cycle, like your menstrual cycle and the moon. That's something that I'm dabbling with right now, but cause it's very, that is so interesting how things line up. So anyways, that's a whole nother conversation, but the moon has been something that I have always, always, always been obsessed with. Like I literally would go to the store for years and I would buy like things with the moon phases or like, um, a hanging piece for my wall. That's the moon phases and like never really understood 
what my fascination with the moon was. I just knew that I really liked it. And throughout my my personal spiritual journey and really getting to know myself at the core again, essentially, and getting to trust myself more, listen to my intuition more, hear my intuition more, all of those things, I realized that when I started connecting with the moon cycles, um, the different moon phases, that that was such a huge support when it came to peeling back layers and getting down to the core of who I am and like what makes me me and like my, my, my shadows and like all of those things. And the moon is such a powerful tool to use. And when I realized how I've been using the moon, but I haven't been incorporating it or teaching people about it, I've just been doing it really behind the scenes, like hush hush, just like not really thinking about it. I was like, okay, I need to teach people about this because there's so often we get so wrapped up in the masculine side of things, right? Like I'm, I'm definitely somebody who drives in the masculine energy hardcore. So when I started working with the moon really closely, it really allowed me to start understanding what that feminine energy was and understanding how I needed to have that balance, um, which is why I like to call it balancing out that hustle and the flow, the masculine and the feminine energy. And the moon is like, there's, I could talk about the moon all day with you and like what to do. But I, I think the four things, the four phases I'll talk about with the moon are the new moon, the first quarter moon, the full moon, and the last quarter moon. So there's eight phases of the moon, which creates your whole cycle, like the whole lunar cycle. There's essentially nine, but a lot of people don't talk about the dark moon. But so a, um, a lunar cycle is 29 days. So it's roughly the same amount as your menstrual cycle. That's why people like to work with the moon and their menstrual cycle. But the new moon is one of my favorite times. I really love, I mean, I love all of the phases, but I love the new moon because it's really a time where I get to or you get to, we all get to set all of our intentions, set our goals, and just really dream big. And to me, that's really fun is dreaming of like the most extravagant life that I want and the most extravagant goals that I want to achieve and laying it all out. It's, it's really exciting. And then we go into the first quarter moon, and this is where you really start to take action on the intentions and the goals that you have set out for yourself, whether it be in your personal life, whether it be in your business. And working with the moon is something that will affect your life in general. But when you start to incorporate the moon into a business strategy, you're going to start to notice the energy levels that you have and also the support that you have to achieve all those goals. So the first quarter moon is all about taking action on all of those things. And you're going to start to notice as well that after the new moon, the new moon, you have pretty low energy. And then as the moon grows, so does your energy. So first quarter moon is all about taking action. You're going to notice that your, your energy starts to get higher and then the full moon comes and that's like the peak of it all. And this is, we all know it's a time of like releasing, but one thing that people don't talk about a lot is it's really a time of gratitude as well. Being grateful for everything that you've accomplished over the first 
first couple phases of uh, the lunar cycle, spending time in gratitude, and then yes, of course, releasing all the things that don't serve you any longer. And then going into the last quarter moon is about just finishing things off and you're going to notice that your energy levels start to decrease. And so resting, doing things that are grounding, um, those are all things that you want to be paying attention to during the last quarter moon. So one of my favorite ways for people to start working with the moon uh, is to start a moon diary. And it's just super simple. You just need to grab a notebook or write in your phone, however, whatever works for you. But Every single day, part of your daily practice would be to write down in your moon diary what it is that you're feeling. And this is a moment for you to connect with yourself, to connect with your energy, to connect with your heart, to feel what it is that you are waking up to. What are you feeling as you wake up? What are you feeling just everything that's going on within you and just write it down, write down some quick notes. It can be a sentence. It can be point form. It doesn't matter. It's your journal. Just write it write down what it is that you're feeling. And then at the end of the day, you can go back and you can write down everything else that happened on the day. I've even started to make note of like when my, when my period started, when I had cramps and all of those things. And it's, you're going to start to notice patterns that are happening and you're going to have to have a moon diary for at least two months. So two moon, two lunar cycles, and you're going to start to notice patterns that are happening. And with that information, you're going to be able to then go and create your business strategy that is going to feel in alignment for you because now you're not going to be launching during maybe a lot, the last quarter moon, because you know, you're tired, you know, you have no energy, you don't have stamina to create content like you do at the beginning of the cycle, those sorts of things. So that is one way how you can use it in your business, but it's also super effective for your life in general. So cool. I love learning about this. Mm -hmm. I'm cancer, so I'm ruled by the moon. Mm. So I have always been very drawn to it as well. And actually just last night, I took a little time to just sit outside and just chill. And it was, I live in a very, very open, beautiful kind of place. So you can see a long way in front of you when the moon is strong. It's wild. And I just sat there. It's a little moon bath, I guess. And what? I just really liked it. I mean, I think it's super magical. It is. And yeah. I just was really enjoying it. And okay. I know we weren't going to talk too much about this, but I've been learning a little bit about the menstrual cycle stuff in connection with the moon. And you can actually regulate your menstrual cycle mm -hmm. by moon bathing, they say. It's like, that is fucking cool. <laughs> I love I it. <laughs> Have you tracked so like a little bit so far? Are you lining up with a certain moon phase? Yeah. So I line up with the new moon is when I bleed. Okay. So, and it's almost exact. It's pretty wild. So, um, because my cycle is extremely regular, it's 28 days. So mm -hmm. I'm almost exactly on like a moon cycle, but I'm actually going to play around and see, see if I can get it to more like 29 by bathing in the moon. I'll keep you guys posted. Yes. <laughs> it's so that. interesting, but it's cool to hear you talk about that because then that actually is lines up with the energy in your kind of body with hormones and stuff the way that not that there's a right or wrong there's not it's cool because if you look up the there's like when you bleed with the full moon they say that that's often like the really cool like healers of the world <laughs> and like anyways it's all very fascinating it's and thank you for yeah 
thanks for giving us a little crash course. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the, I noticed I was bleeding with the new moon quite often. And then lately I've been bleeding with the full moon. I'm like, I'm a witch. Yes, you literally are. (laughs) And I have been in that opposite one before too. It's really interesting. I love it. Mm -hmm. So fascinating, but definitely a good tip to just track it. And I think too, any of these resources, when they align with you, it's like perfect. Just figure out how to weave that in. Mm. And I think you probably would agree. It's not like a diehard, oh, you can't launch because it's in the last quarter, but it just can help you, I think, feel a little more confident with some of your strategies. That's how I feel anyway when I'm using those kinds of things. Like, Why not harness that type of power and just use it to kind of supplement what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean, the last thing that you want to be doing is like being exhausted, but then you're like, ah, but I got to launch because I said I was going to launch, but now you're going to know ahead of time how you're feeling during a certain period of time during that month. So then you can plan accordingly. Absolutely. I love that. So the last thing I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, and you kind of touched on it through the interview already, which I love, but I'd love if you could walk us through your spiritual journey. So you kind of talked about how it started with your relationship to Christianity, but I'd love to hear how that kind of morphed and how you feel about Christianity in terms of spirituality now. Mm. So I don't really have an answer for the Christianity part because it's something that I'm still exploring because it's literally just a very recent shadow that's come up for me. I actually, I just ordered a book about Mary Magdalene. It's a book that I've been seeing floating around online as, or like on Instagram as well. But somebody recommended it to me because there's anyways, I'll get back to you on how that book is. And, but anyways, I, really feel like my spiritual journey started when I was teaching spin and it wasn't something that I really thought of in the moment, but over the past couple of weeks, I've been asked the same question as well. And I was like, I really think it was during spin because I really had such an impact on people's lives teaching them. And I would go on that podium and people would show up to my class and I had all walks of life in my class, like seriously, all walks of life. I had, I had women, I had this woman come up to me once and she's, she was, I think 65 and she'd come up to me. She was regular in my class, back corner, bike 30. I, I fully remember. And she'd come up to me after class one day and she was crying. And I'm like, I was like, Susan, what's wrong? Are, like, <laughs> we just finished a class. Like, are you okay? And she was just told me how grateful she was that she was, she comes to this class as her, like, this is her sanctuary. It's her place where she feels, she feels like she's having fun. She feels free. She's going through a nasty divorce. And like this, like she literally, that's when I learned that she had security guards that would come to spin class with her because it wasn't safe for her to leave her house. And like these crazy things I had ex-drug addicts that were sitting in front row and were like, I'm talking like hardcore drugs. And I'm just, it was just like so incredible all of the different types of humans, all of the different stories that they had and how I was the one on that podium that was able to impact their life in either a small way or a really massive way. Because I mean, you've been to, you've been to spin, you know, but for those of you- I've been to your class. Yes. Yeah. That's like, when I was thinking about this, I was like, you know how sometimes with people, you know, online, especially right now it's like COVID bullshit, but 
you know, I was like, when did I first meet her? Like, how did I first know her? And I was like, actually, it's from Spin Society. I used to go to your class and also Lucy's class. Those were the ones, those were my picks. <laughs> so funny, right? I know. I was thinking about that too. I was like, oh my God, that is when I met Emily. Small world. Yeah. And so I, during, there's always one song during class where you give some sort of motivational talk. And I really feel like that is when I started to really dive more into my spiritual journey. And I was able to dig deeper into myself and share things and give some sort of talk, whether I had it planned. Sometimes I wouldn't. I'd be like, I don't know what I'm going to say today, but we're just going to have to wing it. And just the things that would come out were just so inspiring, empowering, impactful, and yeah, I really feel like that's when my spiritual journey, my spiritual journey, I should say, like, you know, not the one I was raised in, but like my personal one was really brought to light. And that's when, yeah, things really started to ignite even more. So it's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. So before we get to the rapid fire round, I wanted to take a moment to acknowledge you for your incredible openness and bravery and sharing your story because I know that's not easy. So I really see that and acknowledge you for that. And also just for the way that you are continuing your teaching journey in teaching others how to create these intuitive businesses and really build something in their lives. So I want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Let's get to the rapid fire round. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Current favorite book or podcast, or it could be even an Instagram account that's really giving you inspiration. Well, you inspire me to read books. And so, <laughs> oh my God, that's like the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> she knows I, like, I love to read. Great. She's got more books this month. Great. I got to finish one. <laughs> Girl, it is not a competition. Okay. I read a shitload. It's like how I relax. So. Yeah. I finished one though. Um, I read Rich as Fuck by Amanda Francis and it was like just so good. So good. So that's my latest. That's my latest book. Awesome. Yeah. It was really good. I can attest to that. I read it too. I thought it was like fun and yeah. it, it she makes it really approachable. Mm. And the cool thing too is she wasn't just like, oh, here's the one way you can make money. You just coaching. She talks about other kind of like investments and banking and everything like that. So yeah, I loved it too. I thought, and it was a quick read yeah. for anyone. So it was like fun, easy, quick, highly recommend. Morning beverage of choice. What do you like to wake up with? Oat milk matcha latte. Mm, those are delightful. I need to get back into matcha. Mm. I got like lazy about it almost. I feel like I need to just... Mm. I don't know. Out of the habit. Out of the habit. I'm going to get back in. You're inspiring me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a coffee person, so. Oh, I love coffee. But I love matcha, too. They're yeah. all great. Favorite thing to do with child-free time? Do you, have a, do you have time for me to list it all? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I like doing uh, everything. <laughs> love going to the patio and having drinks. I love weekends away without the kids. Mm. Those are the top two that come to mind. Oh, I'm so excited. Weekend Away is coming so soon. My annual girls trip to, I think everyone listening probably knows, but we have a, a house on the Sunshine Coast in Gibsons. It's like we do a wild weekend. We're doing Vegas theme this time. We always have a theme. I think this is like our eighth annual. Like it's been going for a while. It's That's been awesome. Going. I know. So we're very excited. Cool. <laughs> and yes, child free time for me. Yes. <laughs> Favorite place you've traveled? 
You know, this is a really, really hard one for me to answer. I've been to a lot of places, but I haven't experienced them all like I would experience them to this day. So I really love Maui, but Greece is pretty awesome too. Mm. Haven't been to Greece. It's on my list. Mm. Maui, speaking of feminine energy, when someone explained to me that places have feminine energy, Maui is like feminine energy to the balls. Yep. <laughs> like, it's like, it's such feminine energy. The nature is so beautiful and lush mm. and glowing and it like smells good. It, anyways, when I heard that, I was like, that's why I love Maui so yeah. much too. <laughs> Amazing. So final question before we let you go. What does confidence mean to you? Mm. Confidence to me is really owning who you are. The good the bad, the ugly, like literally all of it. And just embracing that that's your story and that's your journey. And that makes you who you are. And so when you really own it and you really just accept that that is like, that is the root of you, then you're really able to show up unapologetically yourself in all aspects of your life. Yes, absolutely. I love that. So where can everyone go find you? Tell everyone where's the best place to hang out with Shannon. The best place to hang out with me would be on Instagram at themodernhustle.ca. And yeah, I also have a podcast, The Modern Hustle. So those are the two best places I would say right now. Amazing. Thank you so much, Shannon. Everyone make sure you go check her out and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.